This is episode 72 of the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AA. My name is Mindy Kearney, and I'm joined by my (laughs) amazing and talented co-host, Jonathan Wiley. Wow. Thanks, Mindy. That was a great introduction. (laughs) Yeah, that I did it right. Clearly. It's almost like you read it or something. Yeah, I did. Read it word for word. Someone thinks very highly of themselves, apparently. I I guess, yeah. (laughs) kind of different to do the intro i hadn't yeah how did it feel yeah i you know powerful real powerful real powerful yeah okay yeah we can go with that sure so we don't have news and follow-up today i feel like this is something we talked about over the break that we maybe don't always have news and follow-up because there isn't always good news and follow-up right so why force it so why force it yeah so you get to introduce a brand new segment on the podcast today What's on your plate? What is on your plate, Mindy Connie? <laughs> yeah, so we um, kind of talked about this. What are we going to do if we don't have news and follow-up? We're like, oh, well, let's talk about some of our projects that we've been working on with school districts or ideas that we're kind of tossing around. And so we wrote a couple of those things down. Did All you want right. to go first? What's on your plate right now? What's on my plate right now? Yeah. Well, uh, our colleague, Lynn Kleinmeier, right. and I are diving into UDL. You are? Tell me more. <laughs> so we are reading a book by uh, Kendra Grant and Luis Perez. Mm. And I book feel club for two? A book club for two. Oh, Yeah, cute. we're accountability partners nice. on this. So, mm-hmm. And we both have been feeling that we have a path right now where it's been uh, lots of paths have been leading towards UDL mm-hmm. and different things. So we're, we're doing a, a UDL presentation at Building Bridges okay. um, on lesson design and things to consider if you want to have a, a classroom that works with universal design for learning. Okay. And we are also, I don't know, throwing around the ideas of um, a course or a class oh. based around um, all the UDL type things that we're seeing inside of like EdTech tools, sure. like inside of Flipgrid and yeah. Wakelet. We've talked yeah. about these kind of things before. Yeah. And we're also going to do something at the iTech Learning and Leadership Symposium. Mm-hmm. That's in April. Formerly known as the one to one conference. conference. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what's on my plate right well, now. Well, that'd be that's fun my... to kind of give updates as you're working on that. A little pet project. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, so in my upcoming future, I'm still doing the Hattie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one coming up next week that is about questioning classroom discussion and feedback which I think actually all three of those things kind of go together. So um, lots of questioning stems with that lead into, I think, better, more powerful classroom discussion. Um, and the tools that we usually pair with those two would be, of course, Flipgrid yes, and Seesaw are the two tools I'm sharing for those. But on top of the um, like huge, awesome list of questioning stems that uh, we've kind of curated, Gina and I, mostly Gina, I should say. And then um, for feedback, the tools that we're pairing with that are um, creating a comment bank in Google Keep because mm. this school district, I don't believe, is a Google Classroom user because you do have the comment bank within yep. Google Classroom. But um, so creating feedback stems for um, Google Docs because they, they are using a lot of Google Docs. And then the other feedback 
was, oh, just knowing how to tag someone in a comment. So tagging students so they receive a notification that they have feedback on their paper. So those two little tips for feedback. So I was wondering if, just when you were saying that, if potentially Google Keep was actually better for that commenting Mm -hmm. system because you could share Keep Notes with other people. And so in Google Classroom, every teacher has to individually enter their own feedback stems Mm -hmm. and things. But you could have some, you know, shared stems that Mm -hmm. people could have and pull from and and use as starters Mm -hmm. for feedback. Yeah. And I don't know that. um, So I think Google Keep's going to be new for them, too. So that's always like I always feel like Google Keep is like Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Um, So that'll be fun. And I think, you know, the nice thing about it is being able to be able to see your keep notes right next to your Google Doc. I think that people are always like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. So and I forget about that. I I use the sidebar in Gmail, but then I forget about it in like calendar and docs and other places too but it's there yeah which is good yeah i still flip like to my calendar tab all the time yeah i know (laughs) but i think it's because i need to see my whole calendar i think i just yeah right i suppose there are people that use that pretty regularly me not so much but okay yeah um, and then I have been working with Jess Quandle, who is one of our um, literacy consultants, about using um, Daily Five, which lots of people are familiar with. Did you do Daily Five when you were in the classroom? Is that a thing? I did not do Daily yeah, Five. or Cafe or something like that. Mm-hmm. No. So um, with blended learning, we talk a lot about station rotation, and a lot of elementary teachers already do kind of that station rotation using the Daily Five Um, I wouldn't call it a framework, but I would call it like a structure of sorts. So each one of those rotations has a theme per se. Um, And so Jess and I have been talking a little bit about how to amp up those stations to maybe support core instruction. You feel Um, like they don't support core instruction right now? Oh, boy. You know what? I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to say that when I was doing daily five in the classroom, I thought I was doing it really well. When I reflect on it, I was keeping my kids busy and they were happy. Right. Um, Now that I am learning more about um, instruction and having different conversations than maybe I was having when I was in the classroom, I realized that that station rotation is still a great model. Um, maybe there are different tweaks that can be made to those stations to um, move kids forward in their learning and not just kind of keeping them busy while I'm trying to do small group instruction. Yeah, I did did exactly the same with like guided reading groups and things. When I had a a group of kids I needed to do some reading with, I didn't... I had to not be disturbed. I did not yeah. want any distraction. Right. So I would give them something to keep them busy. Right. And I think right. we've all done things like that yeah. before. So I appreciate that. I'm I'm looking forward to reading, amping up daily five. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it's going to be called, but that's kind of, um, I don't know what it's going to be called. You know, we should find some excuse for getting Jess on the podcast yeah. as a guest. I yeah. think she'd be a really good person to talk to. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I like Jess a lot. Me too. Okay. So that's what's on my plate. How about you? 
Anything else? Anything else you got going on? I know there's nothing on your list. You got nothing else? Well, maybe this would be a nice transition for what we're going to talk about next. But I'm teaching a Canva class right now. Oh, right. Graphic design class inside of Canva. We just had our kickoff last night. A face-to-face meeting. Get everybody into the Canvas class. I know. I was going to say Canva and Canvas. Which is the most confusing thing. (laughs) Yes. We're teaching Canva and Canvas. And they're one letter apart. And I did mix them up a lot last night. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yes. So looking at different ways that teachers can use Canva in the classroom to enhance their instructional materials and and do different things with kids around design. So should we move on to the main course? Let's do it. All right. Serve to you piping hot. We love Canva. I feel like we talk about Canva I know, a lot. We do. Yep. But we didn't really. We, we never, talk around Canva a lot. Well, which is right? exactly where I yeah. was going. Yeah. We've never devoted a lot of time to talk about Canva. Yeah. So. And we should. This is it. Yeah. We're going to dive in deep and give you some tips and tricks on uh, how to use Canva to the max. Yeah. So. Interestingly enough, Canva has this new Canva for Education account. So as teachers, this is my one thing about Canva that I always complain about on the podcast is that it used to be all free. Yes. Then they started where you had to pay for certain templates. Yes. And then now you have to pay for a lot more than you... Images and icons and different things on there too. So the nice thing about this Canva for Education account is that as an educator, you get all of the things for free again. Um, Is it not all? Oh, is it not all? You get most of the things (laughs) for free, let's say. Yes. Okay. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've got this new Canva for Education thing. And I I still see people on Twitter occasionally like, wait, did I miss Canva for Education? Is now (laughs) free for it? Yeah, you did. Yeah. So it's there. And that was one of the things we did last night at Mm -hmm. the class when we met. We uh, got everybody to sign up for that. And I always tell people now, you know... It seems to be, we, we, you don't know how long it's going to take to get approved. Oh. And sometimes you need to like poke them a little bit uh-huh. and say, hey, remember my application? Did yeah. you get that? Mm-hmm. And I think most of us had to like send Canva a DM on us, Twitter. Except for one. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just say, hey, can you check it for me? I mean, give them a week or 10 days to, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure they have a lot of applications in there. Yeah, but I'm sure. If you don't hear back for a while, they are really responsive on social media. Yeah, they send are. Send them a tweet or send them a direct message. I think their DMs are open and you can just say, hey, could you check on this for me? Yeah. And somebody will. Mine was really simple. Like they went and checked on it and they went, the image you uploaded of your teaching certificate, it didn't come through. Yeah. Can you send it again? Right. And I sent it to them and they were like, yep, okay, you're done. Approved. Mm-hmm. And, and mine was, was like, it. we don't have a request from that email. And oh, I, really? Yeah. So I sent him a screenshot of my email that said that I'd been denied. <laughs> I was Oops. like, are you sure? Here it is. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, no, you're fine. So. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. There must be a little bit of a glitch somewhere in the system. So if you don't hear back, yeah. And so I, I had a teacher last night that asked a question about the Canva for education. And he said, so Canva is new to me. And I, I don't know if I'm ready to use it for with students yet. Sure. Should I still sign up oh. for Canva for education? Um, yes. yes. I mean, that, that's, that's a no-brainer. Yes. I mean, if you're going to use it, get all those extra features and stuff in there. And we'll talk about what some of those are here soon. But get all those extra features, whether you use them with students or not. Canva for education account is for you and up to 30 Mm -hmm. of your favorite students. Mm -hmm. 
which we've also talked about before. Yeah, which is okay for some classrooms. It, for your secondary teachers, that would never work. So can you pay then to add students on? I guess I don't know that. So I did send Canva a message oh, on this. I'm sure I said, you did. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm a middle school teacher and I see 120 kids a day. Sure. What do I do for this 30 student limit? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, if you have a teacher like that, tell them to get in touch and we'll try and make it work. Oh, of course. That's like that was really right? non-committal yeah, right. type of thing. But I think the way they have this set up, because before they did Canva for education, they did Canva for business. Right. Where you could have a team of mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and they all had access to the pro accounts. Right. And we tried that, right? Did we try team? I think we tried, we tried it for like 30 days or something. Yeah, right. But... So they've basically taken the same structure and applied it to education, but mm-hmm. you don't really have just one mm-hmm. team of, or your team's going to be a lot bigger and yeah, things. Right, so they're, right. yeah, it didn't quite work out the same way. And maybe that will change over time. I mm-hmm. guess we'll see. Hey, if you manage to use Canva with more than 30 students, Canva for education, mm-hmm. let us know how you did it. Yeah, right. And let, I mean, get in touch. Maybe they would give you a... yeah cheap deal or something like Maybe. that. I don't know. I mean, one of the nice things I, I showed people last night is if you are adding students, yeah. you can import straight from Google Classroom. Oh, I was going to say, so what's the import process? So, yeah. yeah. You okay. can type them out individually and yeah. put their email addresses in, or you can just import from Google Classroom nice. and bring over a whole class at once. Yeah, good. So, there right. you go. Canva for education. Okay. Sign up. So, if you are new to Canva, mm-hmm. you don't know anything about Canva, a little bit brief description of Canva would be like an online graphic design tool that has lots of templates. And what I love about the templates with Canva is that like we use social media a lot. That's part of our job. And that there's um, specific templates for specific social media. So like if I put something on Twitter, that image has to be a specific size and that doesn't carry over into Instagram. It's like two totally different images. Yeah. So it's nice to be able, I think, to choose from there. But there are other types of templates, like so many templates, you don't even know what to do with all of them. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think this is kind of their stick. This is the the magic that makes Canva right. so attractive for people. It's all those templates. So, so let's take a look at maybe some of the templates people might not know much about. Yeah, because. Which- I learned one yesterday from Amber. I did too. Yes. Yeah. She said that you can make like your your wallpaper in your phone. Yes. That template, like a wallpaper template in Canva. I know. And add it as an image as your background. I did never even thought of that before. And all those middle and high school kids that have got phones and <laughs> yeah, you want right. to try out some design things with them. Sure. Yeah, get them designing phone templates yeah. for sure. They also have like desktop wallpaper. Yeah. So I don't know if... Some schools I know will have like a school wallpaper they push out to all the Chromebooks. Sure. Well, if you had a little design competition yeah, and had that's the a good kids idea. design the wallpaper of the month or something yeah, like that. That's and fine. then yeah. have a have it rotating through as as the year goes through. So mm-hmm. uh, literally all you do is you pick one of the templates and uh, you know, customize it and make yeah. it make it work for you. So Yeah, because it's got a whole bunch of built in like icons and images and those kinds of things. The nice thing about it is like those templates are all color coordinated because sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. to look at and be like, this isn't quite right, but what color should I use instead? All of that's already kind of built into it and all of those font colors are pulled and all the colors that go nicely together. Yes. All there for you to choose from. That's why we like Canvas so yes. much. Yeah. So nice, yeah. so easy. 
Other templates. Yeah. Um, book covers. Yep. Which I think is is interesting if kids are doing creative writing mm-hmm. or, you know, if they're doing a book report or even to try and think about, okay, we've read this book now. What would a, if you had to redesign the cover mm-hmm. for this book, what yeah. would that look like? Right, you sure. Know? So yeah. I think that definitely plays into a lot of those ELA um, things. It's sure. going to sh- show whether the students have a comprehension of, of what this story is about, mm-hmm. what the important elements are. Mm-hmm. So book covers are a good one too. Yep. Bookmarks. I didn't know bookmarks was a template. You didn't know bookmarks was in there? No. No, I didn't either because <laughs> <laughs> when I was putting the show notes together for this, I thought, what else is in here that I didn't know about? So bookmarks. Um, yeah. Graphic organizers. That's pretty... Um, straightforward newsletters. I've seen lots of teachers use newsletters um, with Canva and pushing those out by it with a theme or something like that, which is nice. Resumes. Program looking for a new job. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, we talk about college and career readiness yes, for kids, right. and you know they're applying for jobs. Part of that skill is creating resumes yeah. and things like that, so that's on there too. Yeah. Uh, programs I thought was an oh, interesting yeah, yeah. one too. I mean, you go to these a lot of these school events, and somebody's typed it out in a Microsoft Word template or something, yeah. which works and it's fine. But kind of you know, sometimes it works if you're real careful. Yeah. If you're real careful, it you works. can jazz these things up a little bit if you yeah. use Canva, and yeah. uh, they've got some a lot of templates in there for like music and theater and dance and all kinds of other events you might have at school yeah so what i think is really cool um about canva and i you know what i i shouldn't talk i'm gonna let you talk about more about this because i think you use it do you use this with your canva class is the canva design school yes built in? yeah so um I know we recommend this to teachers a lot, too, to have their students use the Canva Design School. Mm-hmm. So what does it look like? Is it lessons, like a step-by-step, like if, or do you get to choose? Like, I'd really like to learn how to do this, so I go to this lesson. What's it look like? So they, you can do a little bit of both with this one. I mean, yeah. they have it grouped into, like, courses you can take. Uh-huh. And the courses are usually, like, I don't know, like a two-minute video. But then they also have an activity. And the activity is literally a hands-on thing inside of Canva. Okay. And it's like, move this to the center, change mm-hmm. the color on this, sure. add a hat on the monkey. Hat on the monkey? A hat <laughs> on the monkey is one of them. Yeah. Okay. And it basically, it's just teaching you how to, you know, find elements in the gallery, how to align things with the with the alignment grids and sure. how to add images. And okay. so it takes you through all those types of things. So, yeah, we talk about some of those things on there. And there's no reason why you couldn't, you know, use those with students. They're just right. all links. You can go straight to yeah. different uh, things inside the canvas. So they have design school um, mm-hmm. for that. They have one called Canva in the Classroom which I think they should expand a little bit more and talk about Canva education. They don't Um, really talk about that yet, but it's just like, if you're using this with students, hey, here's some of the ideas and things you could do. They've got some for like social media. They've got some for um, like building a brand kit, which is kind of interesting. Oh, that is interesting. And I I talked to a teacher about this last night and she was like, so these are my... we have this, um, this. We have this at Grantwood where we yeah. have like Brand Central. Oh, yeah. These are the colors we have to use. These mm-hmm. are the fonts we have to use. Mm-hmm. And so this teacher said, you know, we have this for our school district as well. Oh. I think it was Cedar Rapids, and these are the colors for our school district. These sure. are the fonts. She goes, how can I save these mm-hmm. so that they're always there when I'm creating yeah. designs for school? Yeah, and that's what the brand kit is for. Nice. You choose a color palette, and you say, these are all the colors I want. Mm-hmm. These are the fonts I want. These are the logos, yeah. and you keep it all in there so that when you're designing, you just pull straight from the brand kit and it comes straight in mm, that's nice and that's only available on like the the paid accounts or oh. the or the edu accounts oh okay so 
The brand nice. kit is good for that. Well, and the other thing that I think that's nice about Canva is like you can upload your brand image and it stays in your uploads forever. Yeah. So, I mean, if you upload your, if you don't have that type of an account, you can still just upload your images and they're always there. So if you've got to put your school logo on stuff, it's Absolutely. easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, other things about Canva that we, your average user might not know. I put these under the heading of "Did you know?" Yes. I thought we test. Oh, you're quizzing. I thought we test. Okay. No, I don't know. Okay. Can I Google the answers? No. You absolutely can click on the links and see what's in there. (laughs) All right. So this first one on here is the Canva Graph Maker. I knew that this existed. You knew that this existed. Awesome. Good for you. Yeah. So this is like a little tool that will walk you through um, step by step on how to create a graph. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not loading. (laughs) Well, you just toss your you toss your data into it, and it allows you to manipulate the graph just like you would like in Sheets, right? So you put in the title of your document. So I'm just going to call this one graph. Listen to you tip like typing away over there. Okay. And it says you need help choosing the right graph for your project. And you Mm -hmm. say, no, I know the graph I need or help me choose the graph type. So maybe you've got the data and you don't know what type of graph. So do you want to do comparisons, trends, relationships? Oh, yeah. I did not know this existed. Graphic organizer. So let's say we'll do comparisons. Then you've got bar graphs, donut charts. We talked about oh, donuts I today. have a donut right now. Yeah, we talked about donuts. Mm. Uh, T-charts, Venn diagrams, all kinds of stuff on there. So I did not know that existed. I was just thinking of, I mean, because you, one of the options over in the left-hand navigation is charts, right? right. So that's what I was thinking you were talking about. So okay, you so can this just is different. drag graphs in, yeah, yeah but yeah. the other one is to go through the graph maker, and then okay. it takes you to these awesome templates that are nice. already built out. With They're the, really nice. Yeah, with the type of template that like you wanted, the, the type the of graph that you wanted. I like that one with the images. Types of rocks, that one. So oh. that was comparisons. And then huh. you just sign into Canva and you're away you go. you go, huh? Nice. So it's a little step-by-step wizard that will help you create a graph if you're not sure what type of graph you want. Good one. So there you go. All right. What else you got for me? Have you seen the color palette generator? I don't know. Color palette generator. This isn't like what I was talking about before where it's got all of the colors... This is a little bit different. Okay. Because let's say you have an image that you really want to use okay. in your design. Yes. But you're not sure what you know color the font should be. Or to what go color. with the image? Yeah, to go okay. with the image. Okay. All right. So what you can do is you can upload your image into yeah. the color palette generator. Oh, it analyzes all the tones and colors in your image and gives you a suggested color palette. Oh. Do you agree with a suggested color palette? I mean, are you like, oh, yeah, those go? Or is it sometimes like, oh, wow, that color is, seems weird? Yeah, sometimes, but um, it just depends. I mean, if you if the picture is mainly blues, it's somebody standing next to yeah. a lake and yeah. they're wearing That's blue clothes. Like, are they pulling like, shades skin of blue? tones or is it like, you know what I mean? Like, is it weird it, like that? Or not is it, too, not okay. too weird, no. Okay. It's mostly just the dominant colors yeah. in the image nice. to help you contrast and complement. Cool. Yeah, so that's something different. All right. Color meanings is on here too. I'll link to that one, hmm. which is uh, we talk about like color theory when you think about like iTech just redid their logo. Yes. And they chose blue because it's sometimes associated with education and lots of hmm. people have a, a trust and, and things like that. What do certain colors mean and get associated with okay. psychologically? Oh, wow. 
Okay. So that is what um, that one is about there. So you can click on any of the colors there or just type any color name. And uh, so if I'm, re I'm reading more about pastel red right now. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a soft, muted shade of red. It gives you um, color what combinations. What emotions does it? Here. Oh, yeah, look at that. It gives you examples of the history of pastel what's red. It, what's it mean? That's what I want to know. Pastel red has a dreamy appearance that is more likely to be associated with Murder. love. <laughs> love and romance. Oh. As it's close to the color of rose flowers typically given on Valentine's Day. Oh, which yeah. is coming up. Yeah, right around the corner. So if you're designing something in Canva you for Valentine's Day, red. I think pastel red is the one you need. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Okay. And then we've also got color palette on here, okay. which is just like a selection of colors that generally tend to go well together. Yeah. So if you're thinking, okay, oh, I know green. what I want to design, and yes. it'll give you like a green palette and a blue palette and just or colors Or if you're that trying well to put together. together an outfit in the morning, just pull up your color palettes. I'm sure that's what like Stitch Fix and people like that use. Yes, they probably, I guarantee Yeah. they use something like that. Some for kind sure. of color theory for yes, that, for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So Canva size guide, is this something to do with the template sizes? Yes. That I alluded to before. Is there something more? Yes and no. Okay. Um, it's, for example, if you're thinking about um, creating a poster or a flyer or yeah. a, a Facebook post yes. and all those things, like you said, this will... Um, so if I click on Twitter here, it will tell you a header photo is this oh, size, a profile yeah. photo is this size, a oh, Twitter post nice. is this size, yeah, okay. and all the different um, things you need to think about. Go back, go into the Instagram one. Does it talk about IGTV in there? I have to look up that size every single, or just the IG. Um, it's got profile images. photos, square it's images, images, stories. Images. Plus, stories it's, is that, isn't it? It's... So if you're looking for specific sizes for different types of things, nice, like yeah. different types of paper. Yeah, yeah. In the UK, we have this A4 paper instead of letter size. Is it the same size, though? You it's just close, it but it's not the same size, no. Oh, okay. It's a little bit different. Because Shocker. we just like to do things differently. Yeah. So yeah. do we. So do we. Yep. Okay. Good one. Did I see somewhere in here, though, now, this is a paid thing, or it used to be, right? But maybe not with that education thing. Is like, I love that Adobe Spark, you can flip-flop between templates and resize for yes. different. So you can do that in Canva, but I thought that was a paid feature. But now I have that because I have Canva for education. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think it's up in the Yay top left-hand corner or somewhere. Yay it says me. resize. Okay. So it's, that's exactly what you're saying. You can't yeah. just create one image for Facebook and one right. for Instagram and one for Twitter. You right. have to like... But it does that magic where it just... Yeah. Uh, you just well, choose what you want. Well, even with like Adobe, you still have to like resize like your images and stuff on it. But at least the you know the image size is yes, correct. Yes, and sometimes yeah. the font's a little bit yeah. not in the right place. You yeah. just have to drag it around a little bit, but yeah. it's super handy it's not to then. have to create individual graphics nice. each time. Okay. Also super handy, and I think this is good for teachers. Okay. Um, you know how in like Google Docs, you can do that URL trick where you put slash template slash preview? Yes. And it gives you the little link yes. that says use template, and yes. the kids will see it before they use it, and then they can have their right. own copy of it. Mm -hmm. You can do that in Canva now, too. You can. So if you had, for instance, um, a graphic organizer that you wanted to mm -hmm. share with all your kids. Sure. And you wanted them to use that one, but you wanted to keep your original. Sure. Then uh, what you can do inside of Canva... 
right? Like you develop a template and then you share the link with the share button up in the right hand. What's the what's the button up there? Share? So the share button in the top right hand corner there. There's yep. now it's by default it says share a link to edit. Oh, but, and if you click that, you'll see share a link to view, but you'll also see share a link to use as a template. Nice. So you can copy that link or put it into mm-hmm. Google Classroom sure. or something, and you know those. When you click on a Canva template, it's like, hey, yeah. do you want to use this one? And you yeah. say, yes, use. It yeah. looks exactly the same for yeah. students now. So they, but they can, have to have an account. Like you can't just, as account. a teacher, have a template and put it out to share with kids. They have to have an account. Yes. In yeah. order to edit it. They can see yeah. the template right. without an account. Right. But yes, to do their own editing, they can do that too. So I think hmm. that's a useful thing. You yeah. can drop it into Google Classroom or something like that. Yeah, too. sure. That makes sense. Oh, speaking of Google Classroom. Oh, okay. When you uh, come to the uh, download menu yes. in the top right-hand corner now, uh-huh. if you are a education Canva user, you will yeah. see Google Classroom oh, there. Oh, sure. There it is. And when you tap Google Classroom, it will say, okay, choose the class you want to put yep. that into. And then it says, do you want this as an assignment? Oh. Do you want to ask a question? Sure. Do you want to make an announcement or create material with that Graphic. Oh, so which one would you choose? Create assignment or create material? Materials go into their own little area in classroom. So. Yep. Hmm. Maybe it's an announcement that's like, yeah. yay, you all <laughs> yay. get no homework today. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. I'm behind that. Okay. Yeah, I thought you might be. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So also on here, you have Canva apps like Giphy, Instagram, Google Maps, YouTube, QR codes. What's that mean? You can now add like these little, they're like little plugins or something oh, nice. that you okay. authorize with other apps okay. um, where you can have those things in your designs. Yeah. So if you want to pull something out your Instagram account or put a Google map on there, YouTube, I think, is more for like, because you can create presentations with Canva now. Yeah. And so you might want a YouTube video in there. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting. You can also do QR codes. You can generate a QR code for your design. Um, or for something that you want to link to and put that straight on your design. So Canva generates it? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. If you use the QR code app. Mm, Last but not least, I think your favorite thing is the GIFs. I do love GIFs. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there's a Giphy app or add-on to Canva? I'm thinking about you can create your design and download it as a a GIF GIF. now. Yes. Because I don't think that was in the... Was that in the free account before? Well... I don't think so because like those um, overlays that were like that made your image a GIF because like there were some that were free, but not many, like maybe one. And it was like an arrow that like shot up across your image or something like that. So then you could download it as a GIF. But I think most of the GIF overlays or video overlays, whatever, were paid for before your Canva for Education account. I think the nice thing about downloading as a as a GIF now is that you can choose, like, have you seen these where you can choose the fade and the pan? Oh, nice. And how, no. how it all comes on in the donut? screen. That is a donut. Gosh. Yeah. We got it's donuts like I'm being today. tortured by donuts everywhere I look today. Okay. Oh, we were talking about donuts, but I you're know. very picky with donuts. Well, I am picky about donuts. Yeah, so I don't, I'm sure that's not the one you I would, would eat. not eat that donut. It no. looks like a strawberry donut. It's I, got, like, pink. Ugh. Yeah. Or so, cherry. I think they're cherry. I think people eat cherry and blueberry donuts. Have you ever had one of those? I don't think that's like I a very particular of type those. of person, and we're not friends. So, yeah. yes. 
Interesting. So you can download it as an MP4 yeah, yeah. or an animated GIF, and Wait. then your donut can. Oh, you can't. I was good. That was gonna be my next question. So you can download it as a movie. Yeah, because you now have also the option of all these stock videos on the site now. Oh my too. gosh, Canva! Here's one of a cat. What's the cat doing? I don't know what the cat is doing. Oh, there you go. He's just it's like looking crabby, like a typical cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what cats like to do. Are there any videos of donuts? Though? That's what oh, we really need to let's find play. out. None. None. Okay. Typical. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. That's nice because with the MP4, because I was just complaining about this the other day about like on Instagram, you can't use GIFs. So you have to create an MP4 like of a GIF repeating over and over again or whatever. So now I could just go into Canva and create it there and then export as an MP4 and then I could put it into Instagram. Do it. Okay. I will. Thank you. My last trick for canva and i know we've mentioned this before okay is design.new okay okay yep it's good, good isn't it yeah sure you can just open a new tab type design.new and you get a new canva workspace that's great nobody cares come on nobody cares what about that mean? trick why do people care about that trick so much same thing with like docs.new or new.docs or whatever it is who cares go to your drive organize it put it where it's supposed to go and then I don't understand, but whatever. Up next, my favorite part of the show is Tech Nuggets. I don't have great nuggets. You don't have great nuggets? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Well, they're fine. They're not going to be earth shattering. Although, okay. So, you know how you can use... Maybe we don't. I'm going to start. If you are on a dock or a web page or a sheet or anywhere mm-hmm. you can use either command f or control f depending on your device to find things to on find the page things. yes okay okay got it that's the first part of my tech nugget if you didn't know you can do that so the other day i heard gina ask Corey a question about in a google sheet if she could find and replace something in the google sheet with a formula and Corey goes you don't need a formula for that just use control f and Mm -hmm. i said wait what so if you like if i'm in if i use control f in my google doc i'm in right now i can and i did this with your name what i not in this doc but i can search for wiley w-y-l-i-e right and it highlights wiley in green okay So in this little prompt, there are three little dots as Google loves to hide their options. Okay, I click on that. It opens up find and replace. So I know you love this. I'm going to replace your name with W-I-L-E-Y. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So now what I can do is I can find your name and replace it instead. The three dots. I see those three dots. So I have a replace with Wiley spelled incorrectly. I can replace just the one that, you know, I can replace just one or I can replace all of them through the doc. So if I've misspelled a word or something like that, I can go in and fix it, which would be great for names. Like I do this with Wes Kieschnick all the time. Like if I ever use Wes Kieschnick's name, I never spell his name correctly. Me too. And then I have to go back in and it's like K-I-E-S-C-H. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have to replace it every Mm -hmm. time. So... If you were to have something like a big mess up, if you've had this huge mistake, 
I was like, oh, well, looky there. Who knew? Amazing. Did you know that existed? I knew about find and replace. I didn't yes. know it was hiding away there in that little three dot menu because so I usually have to dig around in the like the edit menu or yes, something right. else to find that. Yeah. No. It's in control F. All right then. Okay. It's kind of a fun one. It's mostly fun to play jokes on like your coworkers, so just go in and go into their dock and <laughs> yeah. change their name to every time you use the else. word the, I'm going to replace it with groundhog. Oh, <laughs> that would be a terrible one. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to okay. start my nugget. I have the Statue of Liberty app for I can't you, Mindy. Wait to hear about this. I'm waiting all morning. So this is a free app that I happen to find in the App Store. Okay. You know how they have that section called like Today or something? Yes. And it's just like all the news stories yeah. and things. Yep. And it was in there and I thought, hmm, I'm going to try that. That looks interesting. Okay. So they have uh, different AR views mm. from the Statue of Liberty. So maybe I, would it be like, helpful like if Google I... Not like Google Expeditions though, right? No, like, not this is like AR. Expeditions. Okay. Okay, so... So this first one, I'll maybe see if I can get this to, to show you here. Oh, look at that. So we okay. get this little part here, oh, which is the torch. torch. Okay, but now if you tap it, we get a view. Oh, that's really neat. From the torch at the top yeah. of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And there's this thing on the side here that will change it. In Ellis different... Island? Yes. Yeah. And on the side, it will change it to different times of the day. So oh, you can see what it looks like at sunset. It. Oh, pretty. And oh, my twilight. gosh. That's super cool. And then at night. Okay? Yeah. Now that is just one of the Statue of Liberty features inside oh, of this Oh, I was app. like, only one of the Statue of Liberties of the world? Okay. Oh, no, yes. yes. Okay. okay. So this one is how the Statue of Liberty was made oh, yeah. from the inside out. So again, okay. we have to do the, you know, the yeah, scan around orient. the floor yeah. thing here. And... Today. Okay. So here it is. Okay. Tap Very anywhere shapes. to place the statue. Yeah. And so it's we've not got, to scale. <laughs> we've got the statue. Well, watch, watch this part, though. Okay. As you look up. So we've got yeah. the statue in the middle yeah. of our room here. Yeah. And as you look up at the top. Oh, you can see the sky. It turns into turns sky. It. I know. Oh, okay. That's super so neat. we've got the statue here. We've got facts that we can turn on. So if you tap on parts of the statue, it tells you some facts and figures. It stands 300 feet one inch above Liberty Island. And then we've also got the time machine part here. Look at this. This is what... That's what, what she looked like at the in start. Isn't that crazy? She's when so the copper was copper. not weathered. Yes. And then you can come through the timeline oh, here. Wow. And it changes yeah. all mm. through time. Yeah. And then there's the x-ray function. Oh, nice. That lets you see the structure inside of the lady. Yes. And the spiral staircase that goes all the way up to the top. Cool. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. They also have... There's two more. Okay. okay. Uh, one is just... They call it an experience. It's not really like an AR or VR type thing. It's more like a little movie, 360 movie. And this is what it looks like when you look over the river here mm -hmm. and how the river traffic has changed over oh, the years. Oh, wow. So yeah. this is 1900, 1950, mm -hmm. 2000. And in, it shows you things like the... You see here that the Twin Towers when yeah, they got built right, and then right. when they came down yeah. and when the Freedom Tower went up. Huh. So that's kind of an interesting thing to talk about too. Last but not least um, is based from the museum that is at the Statue of Liberty. I've never been, but mm -hmm. apparently in the museum they have a life-size version of the foot 
of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, yeah? Yes, so that you can see for scale, like how big it yeah, actually right. is. Well, you can do that with AR as well. Okay, oh, so tap uh-huh. to place the foot. And so the, the foot is here. Uh-huh. The first thing I'll say is view actual size. Oh, wow. And it blows up in your oh, face. Oh, yeah, it does. And you've got like, this is how big the foot of the Statue of wow. Liberty is. Neat. So they have little stories that go along bit. with all of this too, little information things. It's a free app for iOS. And nice. I think this is something like the future of Google Expeditions. Yeah. should be not just either AR or VR. It yeah, should right. be like a combined experience. Yeah, right, right. You know, we think about when we're teaching that expeditions, it's very much teacher-driven. You yeah. should do this, and yeah. then we're going to do this, and I'm going to lock all your screens. And, and yeah. there's times for that. Yeah. But I think you need also time just to let the kids go and explore yeah, and right. try this and see it in AR, see it in VR. Yeah. Read all the comments and articles that go with it. So... Well, yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think that actually drums up questions for kids instead of just being like, oh, well, we're, today we're going to look at the foot of the Statue of Liberty. If you allow them to look at, like, how time has passed and how things have changed, it it makes kids question without us framing questions that they have to answer. And that's the most important part of learning is when yeah. students do the questioning not the teachers, so. That almost takes us full circle back to what it you talked does. about at the beginning. Look at you running knew? things off. But we're not done yet <laughs> we're not because done yet. Mindy has a second nugget. I do have one quick little nugget. Um, so as some of you may know, Amber and I run a Makey Makey workshop um, where we train teachers how to use Makey Makey just for a day. But we also have a course called Designing Connections with Makey Makey, which is really more about the practice and the integration of using a Makey Makey with our students. Well, Amber, uh, we just did a Makey Makey workshop like last week, and she pointed out that Makey... So Makey Makey now has all of these projects that are housed within Instructables. Instructables is really neat because it's got all of these um, ideas and even recipe cards, mostly, um, of how to create things. Well, Makey Makey now lives there as far as um, different projects. And during our Designing Connections class, one of the components of that class is that you have to post here. You have to share something that you've made. Well, now they are having a competition um, of making making instructables that are being put in um, so that you can win a $500 Amazon gift card. That's a good prize. It is, especially since right now there are only eight entries. (laughs) Oh, so your odds are pretty good <laughs> right now? Your odds are great right now. So I believe that this closes, ooh, shoot, I think maybe the beginning of March, although I can't say that 100%. I feel like I saw that somewhere. Um, it says there's only 25 days left to enter. So it's the beginning of February right now. So that's got to be close to beginning of November or March. I'm sorry. Um, And so the way that you win is um, people go in then and vote. So you want to share with your friends, hey, go in and vote for my Instructable. But if nothing else, it's going to get you to Instructables to see what's going on there. But I think once again, we come back to how important it is to share the things that you're doing in your class. Oh, yeah. And you can also, I mean, one of the things here, it's not like 
like this earth shattering idea, but it's something that teachers could do. And it's a makey makey electric drum and it's plates covered with tin foil that are hooked up to the makey makey and you clap those together to complete the circuit and it makes a drum sound simple, but a great idea and something that you can do with your kids. Um, there's a, is it conductive makey makey experiment? Simple, right? It's just, well, this one is a little bit more, but they've got pieces of broccoli. Like, hook up the broccoli. Is that conductive? So um, if you haven't been there, go there. If you are using Makey Makey, add something and let us share the money with us. Share the money share with the us? Share the money, mm-hmm. yeah. I've we had a shopping we... problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So Amazon $500 gift card um, is the grand prize. So, But it says here there are 19 prizes. Well, and that's so what far there are eight entries. So the grand prize is five hundred. There are three two hundred and fifty dollar gift cards for first prize. There are five hundred dollar gift cards for second prize, and then they have ten t shirts to give away. Yeah. Put one in. Put one in, folks. And put you know one what? In. I went to um, the hummingbird workshop that Amber and Corey did the other yeah, day. Yeah, And I, I think sometimes if you are like a coach or somebody, and you're trying to get people using makey makeys or hummingbirds and things like that, it's mm-hmm. like it can be a hard sell sometimes if you don't yeah. have like a winning idea yeah. or something that directly ties this to things that people mm-hmm. are doing. So you right. you you want more ideas, you want yeah. more examples. Yep. And I think if you come here, you're going to find some of those. Yes. Right. All right. Okay. And my last tech nugget then is, well, I took a leaf out of your book here. I was going to say, is this a blog post of yours? No, it's not. Uh Oh. (laughs) Last week, you shared a tech nugget that wasn't really a tech nugget, you said. Now you're judging my tech nuggets? No, I'm I'm, Oh, what tech nugget was it? it Oh. I think it was your um, Google Doc of instructional strategies and things like that. Self-promotional. Yes. Yes. Your self-promotional one? Well, this one is not self-promotional. Oh, okay. But I found um, there's a teacher online who has created... A Guide for Podcasting oh, nice. in the Classroom. Okay. It's by Michael Hernandez. and he, It's he, in Book Creator. He created it inside of Book Creator. Huh. So I know you've said now and again that, hey, we don't use Book Creator very no. much. And I just think this is a really interesting. Look at the design yeah, that he has beautiful. laid out here. Oh, my He's got gosh. images and pictures and little um, audio files that yeah. you can play. So. Not only is it a fun way to learn about how to do things with podcasting, yeah. and it goes over a lot of the stuff we've talked about before sure. with planning and scripting, yeah. and then yeah. it goes on to recording and the different tools you can use. Uh, but not only that, it is a great example of what you can do with um, Book Creator yeah, and how you can make things look that. pretty fantastic. It looks great. It does, doesn't it? So mm. just a short nugget um, on podcasting in the classroom and it is a book creator example i will put a link to that in the show notes that's nice you are welcome i like that a lot i think that's really interesting um i mean i always try and put it in my own context right like would it be more engaging if we're sharing materials with our teachers if it looked like that maybe no no yeah i think people would enjoy that better the problem is is it was pretty small Mm mm-hmm I mean, you have to zoom in on it, but I like that there's audio files in there, too. And they do have those accessibility features, like read read Mm -hmm. aloud and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff in there, too. Hmm. Well, speaking of podcasts, I got two uh, quick little podcast uh, nuggets here. These could almost have been news and follow-up, but we decided to trash that for this week. But since we're talking podcasts, you can now play this podcast on your Amazon smart speaker. Oh, my 
Wow. I know. <laughs> so using the if you use Apple Podcasts yeah. on your iPhone or mm -hmm. your iPad or maybe even your Mac, I guess, mm -hmm. um, you can um, have the lady in the can. Alexa. That's the one. Play EdTech Takeout. <laughs> yeah. And she will play the EdTech Takeout nice. for you on huh. your smart speaker. And I also saw this was just fun. Um, podcasts are here forever because the U.S. Library of Congress is adding podcasts to its archive as part of its mission to collect and preserve sound recordings. Oh, wow. So I feel like we're going to get an email from them soon oh, just to say, hey, we would like sure. to add you to the archive. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the British Library's Sound Archive is doing something similar. Of course they are. Well, you know. The British. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we probably thought of it first. You probably did. I don't know. Yeah. But I saw that in the news and I thought, uh, well, it's just something fun. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Maybe a, a commentary on how media is changing over time yeah. from just books to yeah. electronic formats yeah. too. Hmm. All so right. that's it. That's it. We are done for another podcast. Yes, we are. I almost thought this one wouldn't happen. We I know. We weren't sure what to <laughs> do this we one just on. looked at each other like... What are we going to do tomorrow? So if you have ideas, we're taking ideas from we're, our listeners, we're, right? We're open to listener ideas. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast. 